Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Roughness. You got to score points to win. You can't win without scoring points. Touchdown Raiders! He went right through the line and gives Vegas a touchdown to extend the lead. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. And here we go, kicking off hour number three of the show. All week long, we've been giving out four-pack of tickets to the Vegas Vipers. Very excited about their opportunity to take the field, Cashman Field, this upcoming weekend. They're taking on Orlando. My man, DeMond Cotton, who's in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, he'll be on the call with Harry Ruiz. And, of course, you can hear those games right here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And joining us right now from the Vegas Vipers is our guy, C.J. Avery. And, C.J., thanks so much for your time this afternoon. I do appreciate you. And I know it's only been, what, four weeks so far, but what has this experience been like for you with the Vegas Vipers? Yeah, man. It's been well. I appreciate you guys for having me on, but it's been it's been amazing, man. Um, this opportunity to just get back on the football field and, and you know just display talent and just you know show show guys show what guys got has been fun. Yeah, and you know it looks like it's been a lot of fun. It seems like the crowds have been there wherever whatever game I see. It looks like there's a lot of people in attendance. Just uh, as you travel and go back and forth from even Arlington for practice to come to Vegas for uh, Cashman to play the home games, or else you travel to other other stadiums. It's just what has been the kind of the reception that you've seen from the fan bases. Yeah, I think the fans are awesome. Um, the XFL has a great fan base from every, every team and um wherever we play whether it's DC uh you know playing in Vegas it's been fun just uh those guys give us a lot of energy and we appreciate all the people that you know support the XFL Talking right now with Vegas Vipers, C.J. Avery here on Raider Nation Radio 920. My man DeMond's got one for you. In their first game against Arlington, you got the first interception of the season. Put me on the field with you. What was it like when you got that? When you got your hands on the ball? Yeah, man, it was, it was amazing. It was a blessing Um finally get that, get that ball in my hand again. It's been a long time. Uh, just, you know, just being out there, being in the moment and enjoying, enjoying that. And um, I love that my family got to see it and the world got to see it as well. All right, so something else I want to ask you about, you being from Louisville, Lamar's in the news a lot, but I want to ask you, what was it like practicing against Lamar Jackson, getting out of Louisville? <laughs> Did that, like, get you a, I can play against anybody because I practice against Lamar? Oh, it definitely gives you a lot of confidence, man. I've seen Lamar do some, some crazy things, the same things you guys seen, um, you know, Sundays and Saturdays. I've seen it every day in practice. And, you know, being able to play against that guy gives you all the confidence in the world. But great player and love him as a person as well. And with a player like you, you are one of those hybrids that we're seeing across football now. Can be a safety if you need to be, can be a linebacker. So what's that like for being like, hey, people want you to be able to, you know, follow the run but also defending coverage because you are one of those new hybrids that we are seeing. Right, right. I mean, yeah, it's just about being versatile. Like, that's just a game that we're, we're accustomed to now. Um, you know, basically linebackers are basically safeties. Uh, so, you know, just – you know, being there, having that skill set is, is a blessing, and I'm continue to, you know, show, showcase that every Saturday. Talking right now with C.J. Avery from the Vegas Vipers here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. And, C.J., I know you guys haven't got the wins yet. The wins haven't come, but you've been very competitive in every single game. What is it going to take for the Vipers to get over the hump, and can that happen as early as this upcoming weekend? Absolutely. There's one word to that, and that's finish. Uh, as long as – Whenever we finish a game, you know, that's when we'll become victorious. Uh, we have a really good team, really talented, and uh, it's just going to take one thing, and that's being able to finish a game out. 
you know, that's something that Coach Rod Woodson, when he joined the show, he said the same thing, just got to play a four-quarter game, just got to play that. But, CJ, it's easier said than done. How difficult is that to be able to play, you know, four quarters and, and not, you know, not have a little bit of a lapse? Oh, for sure. It's extremely difficult. But, you know, that, that, that makes the, that's the difference between good and great teams, um, the guys that can lock in and, you know, play all four quarters and just, you know, find a way to get over that hump. And that's what we got to do as a team. So what is it about this Orlando Guardians team that you you guys have been scouting a little bit harder, looking at some of the things that they do well that you guys need to be prepared for as a defense? Right. The, the Orlando team, they're, they're a good team. Um, you know, those guys, they have athletes all over the field, um, you know, good quarterback, and we just got to make sure we're doing our job and focus on us. And like we said, play four quarters and finish. Yeah. What has it been like when you have to go to practice and practices in Arlington and then you have to travel to this whatever stadium or come back to Vegas to play at Cashman Field? Has that been difficult or challenging at least? It's not been too challenging at all. At the end of the day, all of us are extremely excited to have an opportunity to be on the football field and be a part of a team, um, you know, represent the city. So uh, I think each one of us, we know that, and uh, we just we you know, love the experience of it. Some of the things that we've talked about with some of the executives in the XFL is that, hey, once the league finishes, it's the perfect time for where guys can get those invites to training camp for the NFL if the opportunity arises. Are you looking at the league as, hey, if I showcase my skills good enough for this season, then maybe I'll get that call from an NFL team right as training camp is starting to open up? Oh, 100%. That's the, that's the ultimate goal is to get back to the NFL. Um, you know, the XFL is a once again, it's a great opportunity for us to showcase to those NFL scouts that we're available and we can do the same things that our NFL guys do. So that's 100% the goal. What has it been like being coached up by a Hall of Famer in Rod Woodson? Uh, man, it's, once again, man, the, my biggest word to say, man, it's a blessing to just be around <laughs> that much talent, you know, and that much knowledge. Even just, you know, with Coach Rod Wilson, he brought together a great staff with so much experience, and we just get to pick the brains every day. Yeah, no, there is a lot of experience on that on that coaching staff, and anytime we get a chance to have Coach Woodson on the air with us, it's always fun to kind of pick his brain. What have you thought about Las Vegas as far as a, a football city and, hell, a sports town in general? Yeah, man, I love Las Vegas. Um, I've always, you know, I'm from a small town in Mississippi, man, so being out here, uh, on the West Coast, man, it's it's, it's amazing. Um, you know, I always see Las Vegas on TV. Now I get a chance to be here and play in the city. Nice, nice. And CJ, you said that your uh, your your family was at your game. Uh, does your family get to come out to Las Vegas and, and see you play very often? Uh, no, sir. They haven't been to a Las Vegas game, but they'll be to the uh, one next week when we when we play uh, here again. Oh man, you got to get them out to Vegas. You got to get them to experience the Vegas life. <laughs> yes, sir. Man. We're trying to get all. We're trying to get the schedules and things worked out, but we're gonna make sure they're coming next week. Nice, nice. That's what's up. Well, CJ, we definitely appreciate your time, man. Good luck tomorrow against Orlando. Like I said, my man Demond, he's gonna be on the call as well, and your games will be aired right here on Raider Nation Radio nine twenty. So, thanks for your time this afternoon, my man. Yes, sir. Appreciate y'all. Yes, sir. There you go. C.J. Avery, good dude right there. And got to get his family out here to Vegas, man. Check it out. He said Damani's from a small small town in Mississippi. They got to come out here and enjoy that Vegas lifestyle as well, man. Oh, yeah. I looked up the city where he's from in, in Mississippi. He was like, oh, let me check it out real quick. It's about an hour 30 away from Memphis. So, you know, I mess, I mess with him. Oh, okay. They, oh, well, now he's got the uh, approval of Damon. Yeah, well, yeah, that's yeah, all yeah. you need. You need the approval of Damon. All right. Well, I feel Granada, better now. Granada, Mississippi. Uh, <laughs> Shout out to right. Granada.
Okay, well, there you go. CJ's okay with DeMond, so that's all that really matters. But, no, you can check the Vegas Vipers out. Uh, the call with the broadcast starts at, what, 645 tomorrow? Oh, man, I thought it was uh, 1 o'clock, but uh, let me check that again. Wait, hold on, man. <laughs> How do you not know what time your game starts? And you're on the call. Yeah, because when I heard that 6 I was like, I don't know about that 6 That was news to me. Ah, oh, come on, man. That's almost like that's almost like the show starts at two o'clock and you at the DMV, man. It's 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 been two o'clock since since we started this thing. Come on, man. You don't know the time. Come on, man. You might as well go to Phoenix and not have an ID. Oh wait, you've done that too. Hold on, hold on. Wait, what haven't you done? Man, I better. <laughs> hold on. Well, we got. I got to talk to Harry because Harry sent an email. I don't know because everybody always gets telling me about checking emails. Yep. Harry sent an email about a time change earlier this week. So maybe his Harry email. Maybe Harry email was wrong. But Harry sent an email earlier in the week. I know this is just us talking about stuff just on the. I air. Want, well, I want to know so I can tell people when to tune in. I. <laughs> that's. I'm just trying to do a promo for the station. <laughs> I just want everyone to know what time they can tune in and hear the XFL broadcast. Harry Ruiz and Demond Cotton. And the XFL, the Vegas Vipers, against somebody at some time. That's not a very good promo. I want to know the – I need to know some details so I can make sure to tell everybody what is correct. Oh, man, this guy. Unbelievable. You, you're the one who better know what time. I can figure it out later. Somebody you need to know. Harry needs to know. Let's, do we have to phone a friend? Do we need to call Harry and ask him? Do you want yeah, that'll be best. <laughs> well, call him. You know his number. Call him. I'll read some text, man. We need to we need to get this figured out. Call Harry Ruiz, man. We need to know the from the voice that knows. Uh, we'll go to the text line real quick. Hey Q, Sean from Virginia. I love the fact that we finally have a quarterback that cusses. LOL. He cussed more at his presser than Carr did in nine years. That's funny. That's funny because I did laugh when he uh, when he cussed a couple times. Uh, you know, he said uh, badass. That's what his dad called the the Raiders were badasses. And uh, then he said something. What he say? Hell yeah! And said something else. It did kind of. You know, it just it, it made me feel like he was fired up. Like I don't care if the guy cusses or not, but I, I just felt like he was pretty fired up to be the quarterback of the Silver and Black. So I thought that that was pretty cool. Uh, got a text from the Five and Dime. Q, I'm going with AR-15 due to the fact that this draft can go deep with defensive linemen and cornerbacks, but it'll be a hard decision between him and Carter. And that's responding to the question that I threw out there on the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R. If the Raiders stay put at number seven and Jalen Carter, Christian Gonzalez, or either Will Levis and Anthony Richardson are available, what do you do and why? So that's a question that you can definitely respond to if you'd like. It's 702-365-9200. Our don'tbebroke.com text line is 69187, keyword R&R. Do we have Harry or no? No, we do not have Harry, but apparently Harry's information was wrong that he sent that email. So I've got to, hey, I've got to throw Harry under the bus. Okay, so what is the official time? 7 p.m. Okay, so it does kick off at 645. Sure. Like it said in the promo. Yeah. <laughs> so I was right. From, so, so what you're saying is that Q was right from the jump. I didn't offer to rebuttal. You threw it at me, and I was just telling you what Harry told me. My man you could have said it and keep it pushing. <laughs> My man said, I think, 1 o'clock. <laughs> All right. I was following the play-by-play man. I I follow his lead. I'm not mad at you. No, you're right. I'm not mad at you. That's why we all got to be on the same page, man. Okay, so the Vegas Vipers and Orlando, they're they're playing at 7 p.m. tomorrow at Cashman Field, and the broadcast starts at 645 here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Harry Ruiz will be on the call. DeMond will be on the call with them. And, again, the broadcast starts officially 
at 6.45 and not 1 o'clock like DeMond thought. 4.13 is the time. Many thanks uh, to the Vegas Vipers. Many thanks to DeMond for working that out and figuring that out in the meantime. In between time, we'll come back, take your calls and texts, plus Mike Gill from ESPN up in Jersey. He'll join the show at 4.30, talk a little Marcus Epps. This is Red Nation Radio 920. It's Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Been reacting to what we heard from Jimmy G at his press conference earlier today. Had his whole family at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, Raiders HQ. So just want to know your overall feelings on what Jimmy G had to say. How do you feel about it now that you heard from him? That's one of the questions that we threw out there. And the other one, if the Raiders stay put at number seven and defensive tackle Jalen Carter's there, Christian Gonzalez, the cornerback from Oregon, is there and either quarterback Will Levis or Anthony Richardson are still available, what would you do and why? 702-365-9200-69187, keyword R&R. Coming up at 4.30, Mike Gill from ESPN up in New Jersey. We'll talk all things Marcus Epps. But let's right now, let's go out to you. Let's talk to our guy, Bernard. I believe Bernard's in the Bay. Welcome to the show, my man. Yeah, I'm out here in the Bay, man. A couple of things. Hey, I passed by that Lucky, as you say, you used to work out because I work in that area, man. So you'd be having me dying laughing every time you bring up that Lucky. <laughs> you said you right across from the DMV like there in Pleasanton? Right across from the DMV, yep. Yes, sir. Yep. That was my yep. spot. That payphone's still there. I used to go make my phone calls to all the little girls at the payphone <laughs> right there on the corner, man. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> all right, right on cue. Hey, this is what I want to add, man. Um, as far as the players that they might pick, I, I just think this is a year. They're going to get a good player regardless. And something you say a lot, you said they can't just have a plan. they got to have the plan. So, mm-hmm. so far, it seems like they do. They, they, they're not going to panic and just do something just, just because. So I think we're going to get a difference maker, difference maker wherever they pick at. And then nice. as far as free agency, um, they, what, what they really were allotted on uh, Q, uh, uh, Ziegler and, 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 and Champ, was they post their um, great talent evaluators? So that's where you really make your make your um, make your money or make your your best impact. It's in the draft. They got twelve picks, so I'm really excited to see what they do with these picks. They mm-hmm. they can do a lot of different things, and I think they're going to use it to their to their advantage. It's a it's a deep draft, and we've seen last year. You know, you got. Um, uh, uh, the the corner from the from the Jets. I mean, he was all rookie, so ain't no reason why the Raiders can't get at least three at least three starters, maybe even four. And hopefully, it's two of them on defense. Just get some in, impact players. So I, I think they have a plan, and I'm looking forward to see them put all this knowledge that they have as far as picking talent. We heard a lot about how they rate players. They had to change all that when they came in, and and use it to their advantage. And let's see if if it pans out. And then they pick good players, impact players. For the defense, I think they got a, a real good chance to do that with this draft. So I'm looking forward to see what, what they do uh, in this draft. And one more thing, Cube, you can sh- shout me out the name. What's the young kid you had on the show about a month or so ago? He he does like um, radio and interviews and stuff. Um, what, what, what's that kid's name, man? I, he was real entertaining. I wonder, do you remember who I'm talking about? Are you talking about Jeremiah? Yeah, but I say you talking about Jeremiah. Yeah, Jeremiah, Jeremiah. Thank you, man. That that, that was real awesome, man. That that's, that's real inspiring. I, I love uh, hearing hearing that, man. You should have that little young still on again. Yeah, no, you're right. Well, I'll, I'll work on that. I just ran into him at the Pro Bowl. Uh, ran into him and his mom. I was actually able to introduce myself, and uh, he's a great kid, man. He really is, and so uh, he he's got a bright future. And yeah, we'll definitely get him back on again. I I like to share those kind of stories as well, man. Definitely. 
Okay. Hey, appreciate it, Q. Y'all keep doing the good work, man. So the, the the draft, man, that's what we need to get excited. Everybody worried about all these free agents. Don't spend it. One more thing. Because with the free agents, you kind of expecting them to come in and do what, what you thought they was going to do before. And then when the, and when it doesn't pan out, that's when we get disappointed. We already know what Chandler Jones was was, was about. Then when he get got here, we was expecting him to do what he, what he had been doing. So when they don't, it's a, it's a big letdown. So let's build up our own youngsters and then we'll be strong for years to come, and not just get these one-hit wonders. All right. Hey, good stuff, Bernard. Way to break it down. I appreciate you, man. Make sure you go tell the fine folks there in that Lucky's I said hello. Tell them I said what up, though. They'll probably be like, man, I don't know that guy. But, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> Q, we got to get to some breaking news real quick. Uh-oh. Have you seen it? No, I have not. Man, yo, the nation's going to riot over this one. Uh-oh. First, the fat boys break up. Now this. This is from Aaron Wilson at Aaron Wilson underscore NFL. Raiders sign long snapper Jacob Boyben Moyer. To a three-year, $3.815 million deal with a million guaranteed. But Trent Sieg, what's going on there? Right. I thought he was still under contract. Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. Man. That's a good question. The big three back there on special teams. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great question. I did not see that from uh, – oh, yeah, I see it now. Jo- uh, Jacob Bobenmoyer to a three-year deal. Okay, well, there's that. Man. I don't know. That's Interesting. That's a good question. That's a good question. Uh, interesting signing. I'll go ahead and quote quote tweet that and say interesting signing. Man, Not you can touch. Sure, do the research. Where did he? Uh, where is he's he from, from Denver. The player is. Yeah, oh well, there yeah. you go. That makes sense. The long the um, special teams coach is from where? Denver. Wow. So there you go. You can touch the quarterback. So <laughs> you can touch any, whoever you want on the defense, but the long snapper, you've gone too far. There it is. Well, there it is. Interesting, interesting little note there. Thank you, DeMond, for passing that on. Of course, thank you to our guy Aaron Wilson, uh, who we just had on the show just a couple days ago. Uh, you know, he's 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 a good go-to guy. We definitely appreciate him. Let's go back out to the phone lines. Let's hustle up and talk to our guy, Hardcore Raider. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, my man? Hey, what's up, Q? Uh, been a little reserved. I don't want to, you know, be too emotional with some of the moves happening from Darren Waller getting traded. I know some of this is a little late, but, um, you know, a little confused on what's going on. Um, I'm just going to try to be patient and, and see what they're going to do. You know, uh, for me, like, you know, the, uh, the press conference with Jimmy G, there's two things that stood out to me and that was hard work. And then, uh, he's essentially going to earn his spot. So, um, but at the same time, like, I just feel like we've heard, we've heard this, uh, you know, dog and pony show from all these guys, like for far too long, we were told it wasn't a rebuild. We're in full rebuild mode. I don't want to be Debbie Downer, but, um, you know, I don't, exactly agree with some of the stuff going on i don't have control over it but i just wanted to get josh jacobs signed if they could do one thing right uh they need to get josh jacobs signed and i'll just leave it at that okay sounds good hardcore raider right there and uh, look i i think that they're going to work it out with josh jacobs i don't know when they're going to do it on their time but i do believe that they'll find a way to get it done i do think that he's more valuable to the raiders than you know to any other team especially right now with the way that running backs are being signed across the league they're not getting signed for very much money and right now as he's holding the franchise tag it would take you know obviously a trade and a signing for him to to be on another team uh, they're not going to let him leave the building without any kind of compensation so uh yeah it's, it's going to take a little bit of patience you're not going to agree with every move i'm not going to agree with every move but it's out of our our control that's why you don't see me getting hell-bent and losing my mind and i think sometimes that's what fans want us to do is come on the radio and just be and moan the whole time about it and complain 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 but what is that going to do for us I like I like to be a dude that's really in a – I like to be upbeat. I like to have, you know, fun. 
I like to laugh a little bit. I like to not take myself too seriously, but some people just want to live in a pit of misery, man, and I don't want to be that guy. I really don't. These guys have their plan. They're going to execute it the way that they want to do it. They're going to bring in a lot of their own guys, just like DeMond just mentioned the news about the, the long snapper. And, you know, so, okay, so what does that mean for Trent Sieg? Well, I'm sure that we'll find out something sooner rather than later. Uh, I find it to be interesting, you know, but they're, they're inside those walls. They are communicating with each other, and that's – I don't. I don't know. I don't. I'm not privy to those conversations, so I can't tell you uh, why every every move that they've made has been made. Darren Waller. You know, a lot of people aren't complaining about the fact that they traded him, but a lot of people are complaining about the fact that they traded him a year later, right? They should have traded him last year when he was off, when they were offered a second round pick. They didn't. They ended up holding on to him, probably in hopes that it was going to work out. It didn't work out. Boom. They ended up trading him for a third round pick. So I mean, sometimes you make the right decision, sometimes you don't. But going back to Bernard's car, call, I think he's spot on when. You know, you really make your, your way as a talent evaluator in the draft. That's what I'm excited for. Uh, these little free agent moves here and there, cool, whatever. I want to see how this, this draft goes. When they execute this draft, then I'll, I'll come out and say, hey, man, these guys, they got it going on. Or, man, I don't know, there was a bunch of questionable decisions there. I don't think I'll feel that way just based off what we saw last year in the draft. And that was a small sample size that didn't even get executed till the third round. So uh, I have confidence that they're going to do do right and really get some good players out of the draft. But until we see it, obviously we don't know. Let's go out to Salt Lake City and talk to our guy, John. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, my man? Here, DeMont. Thanks for taking my call. As always, I appreciate you guys. First of all, we got to welcome the new quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo. Welcome to Raider Nation, Jimmy. You're part of the family now. Hopefully you can live up to expectations and get it done for us. And, you know, there's a lot of people upset, Q, freaking out on this free agency team. Last time I checked, games aren't won in March, mm-hmm. and they're not won on paper. Nobody thought last year when we got Devontae Adams and Chandler Jones we were going to be 6-11. and 11. And I'm sure the Rams didn't think they were going to be last in their division. Here's the bottom line. Ziegler and McDaniels are going to be 100% responsible for the product that's on that field this year. Yep. Then we will be able to judge this year's success. And, look, I know people say McDaniels is on the hot seat. He might not be. But let me tell you, when you have his track record as a head coach, if he comes out of the gate one and four, there's going to be questions. I hope that doesn't happen. But at the end of the day, I think people need to relax. Just let this play out. And like I said, at the end of the day, these guys are going to be responsible for the product. Let's just hope it's a good product. And I'm excited for the draft. So let's go Raiders. There Thanks, you go. Guys. Hey, great call, John. Thank you so much. We definitely appreciate you. 427 is the time. When we come back, we got Mike Gill. I'm definitely going to get into that conversation with Mike Gill. But we got a tweet that I really can't believe that we got this tweet because I can't believe that we got it from the person that we got it from because I, don't, I never thought that they would, they would talk or think in these kind of realms or puts, and I'm hoping I'm reading this incorrectly. I'm going to decipher this tweet, and I'll either get to it before we get to Mike Gill, or we'll do it directly afterwards. But kind of disappointed in the tweet that we received. But we'll talk about that at some point before the show's over. But Mike Gill, out of Jersey, going to talk all things Marcus Epps. He'll join us in a matter of minutes here on Raider Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. And here we are, 4.30 is the time. Here on Raider Nation Radio, 920. Got this tweet that I'll address, but I'll do it in a minute. I got to get to this. Uh, I got to get to our next guest as Damon is efforting Mike Gill right now. 
from ESPN, 97.3 ESPN in New Jersey. We're going to talk all things Marcus Epps. Just get to know a little bit more of Marcus before, uh, you know, as, as he is a free agent that the Raiders signed, and he's a guy that played a lot of snaps for, uh, for the Eagles as they made their way on their trip to the Super Bowl. Obviously didn't win the Super Bowl, but they did go. So as soon as uh, we get Mike, we'll definitely uh, get to him. Let me get to this quick text. Uh, Jim from Yonkert says, uh, Richardson, in response to my question that I threw out there, he has the highest ceiling, and he's playing the most important position to have the highest ceiling. Thank you, Q&D. You guys are like Felix and Oscar, old TV show reference, LOL. Have a great weekend. That's Jim from Yonkert's Press. Appreciate you, my man. And uh, I never watched that show, Felix and Oscar, but I definitely know about the show. DeMond's like, I'm confused. I ain't got a clue. <laughs> I ain't never heard of Felix and Oscar. I have. I just haven't watched the show. Joining us now on the phone lines, as mentioned, is my guy, Mike Gill from 97.3 ESPN. He's there in New Jersey. And actually, Mike is on vacation right now and still joining us on the phone lines. And, Mike, thanks so much for your time. Appreciate you. Even on vacation, appreciate you joining the show. Well, it has been kind of crazy. I mean, they, they did a decent job of bringing back some of the core players. Brandon Graham took a hometown discount. It looks like Fletcher Cox took a hometown discount. Uh, to get Bradbury back here, I think, was pretty strong. Uh, the Slay situation was wild. I was kind of watching that all unfold. You know, last week when I was on the air, they told him, hey, you can go find a trade if you can. Nothing happened there. Then they said they were going to release him. Apparently, they ended up not releasing him, even though it was reported that he got released. They rework his deal, so now they get Slay and Bradbury back. The two safeties, though, Chauncey Garner-Johnson, what's going to happen with him? And then, of course, uh, Marcus Epps, who's out with you guys out in Vegas now. Uh, so they're going to have to replace at least one safety. Uh, they brought back uh, – uh, they lost T.J. Edwards and Kaiser White, so they lose both of their starting linebackers. So, yeah, it's been a – and, by the way, they lost their defensive coordinator. Uh, he's now the head coach in Arizona. So it's been a kind of a mass exodus on that defensive side of the ball. But – We'll see Howie Roseman generally has something up his sleeve. And I would imagine this team will not be complete until they get to around training camp. Yeah, I'm sure that they've got some things worked out and they know that, you know, hey, when you're a really good team and you go to the Super Bowl, uh, everyone's going to want a piece of that really good team. And Philadelphia was just that really good. But, Mike, as you well, mentioned. And it's, and it's not only that, Hugh, it's also the coaching staff. Right. I mean, they lost their offensive coordinator. Yep. They lost their defensive coordinator. They lost the linebackers coach because this team excelled. So many pieces got taken from it. Now, the one big thing is the offense is still intact. They swapped out. Miles Sanders with Rashad Penny. Penny has been a fantastic player. The problem with him has been health. He just can't stay on the field. But they brought Boston Scott back. They already have Kenny Gainwell. So their offense is pretty much intact, although they lost their play caller. So that will be interesting as well. Yeah, no, it really will. And again, we're talking with Mike Gill here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. And you mentioned Marcus Epps. Uh, he just met with the media, just got to talk to him for the first time on Thursday. Seems like a really good dude. And what I took away from that, the one word I described when it came to Marcus Epps was a leader. Uh, do you do you get that same sense? And, and I mean, you obviously saw him there in Philadelphia. Did he show those leadership type qualities? Yeah, and, you know, he's a great story too. I mean, this is a guy who was you know a six round pick, and you know, a, a, not a football factory. I mean, obviously, um, when he comes out of college and he's just kind of making his way with Minnesota, they end up getting uh, releasing him. The Eagles pick him up, and he worked his way. I mean, he's been in the league for about four or five years. He's worked his way. You talk about leadership, you know, working his way on special teams up the ladder 
to the point where he, you know, two years ago, he got about 50% of the snaps. Then last year, he becomes the starter. And one of the biggest questions going into the season was, Marcus Epps is going to start. Is this guy capable? Uh, You know, he's basically an unknown. But there wasn't an issue at safety all season long. I mean, you had between Epps and Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, you just had two solid guys. I mean, obviously Chauncey led the league in interceptions, but Epps was just one of those guys where, and you talk about leadership, you never hear his name because he just kind of stays in the back, makes his plays, does his job. He's the kind of guy, though, he's a hard worker, um, and you look at his path to getting here, for him to get that contract with the Raiders, you know, it just kind of exudes what you're talking about, you know, that locker room leader who just basically keeps that defense together. And look, that was a huge question mark for the Eagles, and he answered those questions last year to get himself that deal. Yeah, I mean, he played over a 1,000 snaps, right, as you mentioned, played a ton of snaps for Philadelphia, and from everything I understood, was really good against the run, but against in coverage, yeah. not so great. So is that, would you say that that was his biggest weakness is just coverage? Well, the Eagles play a defense in which the safeties are not going to get, you know, John Gannon was criticized a lot here because they play a defense where it's kind of a bend, but don't break. They don't want plays over the top. So I don't know that he's not great in coverage. I think it's their defensive philosophy is more catch in front and make the, and make the tackle. Mm. So, you know, that's kind of the defense of the Eagles, you know, were known for and, and criticized for a lot, especially in that Super Bowl we saw. A lot of their defense is designed to, hey, you catch the ball in front of us and we come up and make a tackle. So that's where Epps, uh, I think, maybe gets called out for being not a great uh, in, in pass coverage. But they didn't ask him to do a lot of pass coverage. He he definitely, uh, him and, well, Chauncey Garner obviously had all those sack, uh, interceptions. Right. He was more the playmaking guy. And Epps was more of the, you know, just the solid, steady safety back there. But the, the Eagles' defensive velocity is kind of don't get beat over the top. Well, there you go. I mean, that's that's one of the things that the Raiders can implement as they're looking at how to put Marcus Epps into their defense led by Patrick Graham. Again, Mike Gills, our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. We're talking all things Marcus Epps. So uh, one thing is, you know, with all those tackles and, and being able to be really good against the run, it didn't look like he missed a lot of tackles. It looked like he was a very sure tackler, which is always something that you need on that defensive side of the ball, Mike. Yeah, and again, he's one of those guys that they basically, in, in that safety position, don't get beat over the top, let them catch the ball in front, come up and make the tackle. He was a very sure tackler. You know, they let you catch the ball six, seven yards in front, mm-hmm. come up and make that tackle. So, yeah, not a guy who missed a lot of tackles, very solid. And, by the way, in run coverage, you know, he can come up in the body. He's not a big safety by any stretch of the imagination, but he did do a good job coming up and making plays. You know, he's not a playmaker. He's not going to be a guy who's going to get you five, six, seven interceptions. But again, just solid and does everything by the book. Hey, let him catch the ball in front, make the tackle. Boom, he makes the play. So uh, very textbook kind of player, uh, but not a flashy guy by any sense. The other guy, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, the flashy one, they played off each other very well like that. Yeah, nice little one-two punch there uh, at the safety position when it comes to the Philadelphia Eagles and Marcus Epps. And so uh, one of the things that I was intrigued by, and I was going to ask him on Thursday and I didn't get a chance to, we just kind of ran out of time, is what do you think he can bring from Philadelphia to Las Vegas as far as the experience of being there in the Super Bowl, what it takes to be a really good team, and have everybody looking at you all year like, hey, look how good this team is. Look at this defense. They're doing this, that, and the other. Can he take some of that just experience and bring it to Las Vegas and and kind of teach the young guys in the locker room that, well, they haven't been there and done that yet? Well, that's one of those things that a lot of teams try to do, right? Yeah, yeah. They go to players that are on winning teams to bring that over to us. What are we missing as the Vegas Raiders? Why are we coming up short? 
and you bring in a guy like that, especially, you know, hey, playing the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, a team that you guys will play twice out there. Hey, these are some of the things in the Super Bowl that this team, obviously they had a lot of success in the second half against the Eagles. Um, but I'm imagining that the Eagles have had a, a tremendous culture here. Um, you know, this is a team that in, my God, 20 years, I think they've only had about four or five losing seasons. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it is a very top-down organization from Jeffrey Lurie, the owner, Howie Roseman, the GM. Uh, this is a place where there is a very good culture, and I'm imagining the Raiders are trying to get something. Uh, there's a reason why the Eagles, you know, we laugh all the time in the offseason. I think Howie Roseman tried to put a rule in about having um, executives taken from your, you know, they had like three or four front office executives taken from them last year alone. Uh, Andrew Berry went to Cleveland a couple years ago. They had uh, Cleveland actually took two, uh, two of their the executive Joe Douglas is with the jets now. Uh, but there's a reason why teams come to Philadelphia to try to get the little secrets that are going on uh, and how this team constantly and consistently wins in this league. And that's what you do when you try to get a team like Vegas, who has not had a lot of success. Hey, what can we do to get a little winning culture in here? Absolutely. I agree with that 100%. And Howie Roseman does a hell of a job there in that front office, I do believe, with the Philadelphia Eagles. Again, we're talking with Mike Gill here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And that's kind of where I wanted to go with this after, Mike, is the fact that uh, what Dave Ziegler, the GM of the Raiders, is doing right now isn't sexy. I mean, Marcus Epps is a good player, but it's not, you know I mean? It's not the big sexy go out and get a big-time free agent. Howie Roseman, in my opinion, has done a great job job of not only drafting and picking and choosing who he's going to bring in, also free agent moves he's made, also making key key trades like the A.J. Brown trade. What is it about Howie Roseman that he's been able to wheel and deal and kind of hit the right buttons as he's built this team over the years? You know, uh, it's funny. uh, This time of the year, they call it Howie season here, where (laughs) you're just waiting for what he's going to do. Um, you know, it's funny. It wasn't always like that. Uh, Howie was maybe one of the more hated guys in this city by the fans. I mean, uh, after that Super Bowl, they win. Well, if you know, going back even before that, it's ironic that they just signed Marcus Mariota, uh, former Raider. Yeah. Um, they just signed Mariota yesterday to be the backup quarterback. Well, eight years ago when Chip Kelly was here, there was a lot of buzz that they were going to try to trade up in the draft to get Mariota, obviously Chip and Mariota at Oregon. Well, at that time, Chip Kelly had such a dis- dis- you know, despised Howie Roseman so much that he basically got him removed from his job. And people joke, you know, that he got sent to a broom closet and basically, you know, Jeffrey Lurie stood by him by not firing him, just kind of reassigning him. Well, then, Chip Kelly falls apart. The whole thing blows up. Who do they turn back to? Howie Roseman. (laughs) Roseman wins the Super Bowl. And even after winning that Super Bowl, the Eagles had a couple down seasons. Even where they made the playoffs. Think about that. They made the playoffs and people wanted him out because, you know, they missed in the draft. They took um, uh, Rager over Justin Jefferson, Mm -hmm. a huge miss there. Uh, A lot of people... um, the receiver, his name is escaping me, but DK Metcalf was on the board. They took the kids from Stanford, and that was a move that didn't work out well. Um, so he's had some high-profile misses in the draft, but what he does is he absolutely finds these players. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, okay, the Saints don't want to pay this guy the final year of his deal. They make that deal. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson turns into the lead leader, lead leader in interceptions. So he has found situations 
A.J. Brown, they didn't want to pay him. We'll pay him. We'll figure out a way. He is constantly, and they do this a lot. Like, that's why I say this roster probably won't get finished until somewhere in training camp. They always seem to make that trade in the third week of preseason where they brought in Chauncey Gardner-Johnson this year. In the years past, when they went to the Super Bowl a couple years ago, uh, they brought in Ronald Darby. You know, that trade was made in the preseason when they traded for Ronald Darby. So he does such a good job of going around and identifying players who were on the last years of their deal that probably aren't going to resign and that that place is willing to take something now than lose them for nothing. Uh, and I think that's what really he does that a lot of GMs probably could take a page from. Right. I, I do agree with that as well. And like I said, I think Dave Ziegler is trying to really build this Raiders roster through the draft. He has 12 draft picks as of right now after trading Darren Waller to the Giants. So I'm sure you'll actually see a lot of uh, a lot of D wall and hear a lot about D wall as well. Um, but uh, man, I'll tell you, it's, it's a slow process. Right. But uh, as you know, you can't build hell. You were in Philadelphia or you're in that Philadelphia area covering the Eagles. You saw when they had the dream team, all those guys built through free agency yeah. and that didn't even work out. Right. <laughs> no, and, but, and one of the things they've done a really good job on the Eagles identify in the draft. It's not sexy, but they draft offensive line and defensive line. And that's what they prioritize. So, you know, a couple of years ago, I mean, this whole offensive line, it's all homegrown. I mean, my they found him in the seventh round. That was an unbelievable find to get an Australian rugby player in the seventh round. But they drafted Andre Dillard to be the starting left tackle, who, by the way, just signed with Tennessee. I think they got a steal. I mean, the kid would have been a very good starting left tackle in this league. Just Maialata was that much better and got this opportunity because Dillard got hurt. But Dillard they drafted. Dickerson they got in the second round. Kelsey obviously has been a Hall of Fame level player. They got him in the fifth round. Um, and then you look at Lane Johnson was the third overall pick in the draft. And at right guard, Sayamala, they bring him back. We'll see. That was a third-round pick a couple of years ago. If not, they've already drafted. Uh, last year, they drafted Cam Jurgens in the second round. So they kind of invest in that offensive line. Their offensive line is the strength of the team. The defensive line as well. Last year, Jordan Davis. I wouldn't be shocked if at pick number 10, they went defensive line again this year. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, man. It really will. The draft is always fun. Of course, we're more than a month away from the draft. But, uh, yeah, these teams are being built and the rosters are being built right now. Howie Roseman does a hell of a job there in Philadelphia. Well, Mike, it's always great, man. Thanks for taking a few minutes on your vacation to give us a little bit of background on Marcus Epps and what uh, Raider Nation could expect from the new safety here in Las Vegas. Thanks so much for your time, my man. Now get back to uh, March Madness and get back to your vacation. All right, Q, anytime, buddy. There he goes. That's my guy, Mike Gill, 97.3 ESPN in New Jersey, talking all things Marcus Epps and the Eagles and a little background on Howie Roseman as well. I think he does things pretty stinking well, draft, trade, uh, you know, free agencies, kind of got a really good blend going on. You saw what happened with the Eagles. So uh, many thanks to Mike for joining us there. 4.45 is the time. When we come back, we'll close out the show. I have one tweet that I must address before we get out of here. It's Raider Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Wrapping up today's show, wrapping up the week. Great show today. A lot of great guests, a lot of great feedback that we received on the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R, and also on our phone lines at 702-365-9200. As always, we definitely appreciate that. But Vinny Bonsignor started us off at 230. Jose Sanchez from All 49ers SI. 
at 3 o'clock. He, he joined the show. Nick Shook from the NFL Network was fantastic at 3.30. Uh, we had our guy from the Vegas Vipers kind of impromptu joined us at 4 o'clock. We like to talk a little Vegas Vipers as you can hear their games right here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Of course, DeMond being on the calls, uh, that's awesome too. I like to have that tie-in. And then we just heard from Mike Gill, 97.3 ESPN in New Jersey. So definitely appreciate all the guests. And as I mentioned, uh, always appreciate all the feedback. But there's sometimes you get some feedback and you just have to address it. Sometimes you're able to, or I'm able to just kind of look past it and not worry about it. But this one, I just, I, I can't not, not acknowledge. So we're going to have to talk about it, uh, even though I don't want to. And the thing about this, the person who sent this tweet, I really, I respect the hell out of them. So I'm not going to say who it was. I respect their name. I respect them a lot. Uh, I'm actually friends with them, but I just think that this wasn't it. This was a bad decision and this is a bad tweet and I don't like it. This tweet says, okay, Q and Demond the boss. Which is worse, the guy directly involved in an illegal street race that results in two fatalities or the guy who brought the gun that was used in a murder? And it's a poll question on Twitter. Jalen Carter racing, Brandon Miller gun. And if you don't know who Brandon Miller is, Brandon Miller plays for Alabama, and there was a tragedy where a young mother lost her life when Brandon Miller was asked to bring a gun to the scene and gave it to a a teammate and this, that, and the other, and ultimately someone lost their life. A young person, a mother, a daughter lost their life. Terrible. There's a five-year-old right now without a mom because of the shooting. Obviously, we all know the Jalen Carter situation. I was in Indianapolis when he had to leave the combine because he had an arrest warrant out because of the street racing that is illegal, and two people lost their life, a football player and a staffer with Georgia. And this irritates the hell out of me, this question, and I'm sure it wasn't sent with bad intentions, but just sometimes you got to read the room. First of all, neither one are worse. And the reason why neither one are worse is because someone innocent lost their life regardless. Regardless. I don't care what the crime is. A young person lost their life or multiple young people lost their lives. It doesn't mean that one is worse than the other. I'm not going to come out here and I'm not going to answer this dumbass poll question. Like, to see that there's somebody who voted on it, I don't even know who voted on it, but to see that someone even voted on it, to me doesn't make any damn sense. A young person lost their life. Regardless, I don't care if they're young or old, somebody lost their life, and we're trying to compare the crimes? Like, what are we doing here? What are we doing? Somebody lost their life. Someone's family lost their child. Someone's son lost their mother. And we're comparing the crimes because you don't like either one of the players? That's fine. Regardless how you feel, Jalen Carter, and I get where it's coming from because I put Jalen Carter in the question that I threw out there today. So I get it. I get where the gist of it is. But I'm not one to judge. I'm not one to judge. Look, the guy is not going to jail regardless. I'm not here to be his lawyer. I'm also not here to be his guy who's going to crucify him and, 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 and – Put a, a, a stake through his, his hands or what? You know what I mean? Like, I'm not that guy. I'm not the prosecutor and I'm not the lawyer. And with Brandon Miller, I'm not that guy either. Regardless if I think he should be playing or not, it, it's, it's not up to me. So I'm definitely not going to answer that dumbass that, that, that tweet or, or, or answer a poll about which crime is worse. Neither. People lost their lives and we're playing around with it like we're talking about you know, what, what's, what's the worst crime? Somebody stole something or somebody, you know, was speeding? Like, no, there, there's – like, we don't play around with death. We don't. I don't care how someone dies. It's bad. It's bad for the family, especially when someone young passes away. 
Because they had their whole stinking life in front of them, and now it's gone. Right? So why would, why would, why would, what are we doing? Why is it that, why is it that serious? If you don't like the player, fine. If you don't want your favorite team to draft them, fine. That's okay. But why are we putting out a poll about what crime is worth when, when people died? Literally died. They're not coming back. Why are we doing that? That's just foul. My son was driving. He was driving fast. He crashed. He died. That's just as bad as a street racer. That's just as bad as what Brandon Miller did. But we're not judging. He ain't coming back either. He put other people in danger. It's all bad. It don't matter who did it and what it is. They're all bad. Why are we doing this? Why are we so damn judgmental? Why can't we have somewhat of a heart? And instead of worrying about the player, how about worry about the families that lost their, their loved ones? Why would we even put a poll out like that? Why? That doesn't make any damn sense. That just, that, we're just asses. Like, we're just asses when we put stuff out like that. Why would we do that? You, you put that out there to prove a point about athletes having another opportunity with no regard to the people that died. None. None of that makes sense. Someone's family is hurting right now, and you're trying to prove a point. I hope that point, I hope, that, I hope you hammered that home. I hope you feel fantastic. Because I'll tell you what, I don't. That sucks. I hate it. I feel awful about it that I even had to read the damn text or to read the damn tweet. That's selfish. It's stupid. It's the dumbest poll ever. It's easy to say, you know what? That guy probably shouldn't be on the Raiders draft board. That would have been fine. You would have got your point across. But you got to prove your point. You got to prove that you're Mr. Know-it-all. That's dumb. It's the dumbest thing I ever said or seen. And it's, it's foul and it's senseless and it's, it's selfish. And you're not thinking about the ones that lost their lives that aren't coming back, and the families are the ones that lost their lives. I hate that I have to end the show like this. I hate that I have to end the week like this. But I'm glad I'm ending the week now. It doesn't make any sense. I know who's not on your draft board. That's fine. It's cool. Sports is sports. Lives are different. Lives actually mean something. I would give up everything I had in my, in my world for my son to walk through my front door again. I would give everything up right now. And I'm sure that those families would too. And you're worried about a stupid-ass poll. 4.55 is the time. Have a fantastic weekend. DeMond, have a great call tomorrow. It's Radio Nation Radio 920.